And welcome back to uh, part two of our end of the year holiday special here at the Big Gold Belt Podcast. Now, you're listening to this. Today is December 31st. So hopefully you had a very good and festive Christmas week and all holidays. And hopefully if you are partaking in any activities tonight for New Year's Eve, you're doing it safe or maybe you're doing it in the confines of your home, which I would advise. But, you know, preach zone. Uh, but nonetheless, a uh, happy new year to everybody here from the Big O Belt podcast. In absence of Jamal, who couldn't make it for today's show, um, just a quick reminder definitely, this is part two. So definitely want to check out part one, uh, where we really reflected on what a crazy year 2020 has been. What a crazy year 2020 has been, even in contrast to what we thought 2020 was going to be, then what we thought 2020 could be, and then ultimately where we're at in 2020. A lot of different changes, but at the same time, while a lot of people like to kind of allude to 2020 being a bad year, there's definitely been a lot of good things that's came out in regards to professional wrestling. But here we're we're here to talk about the second half um, of things in regards to the year reflection. Um, And um, another quick reminder, too, is that uh, you will not be hearing from us until February of 2021 as we take our hiatus for about a month, unless there is monumental groundbreaking news which then we'll jump on to try to get something out. Uh, but today, here's me, Nigeria, of course, along with Damien, Will, and Marcellus. Fellas, how you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Listen, Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, almost Happy New Year here. I think mm-hmm. a lot of us would be happy to see 2020 in the rear view. <laughs> I'm still in Ball Humbug mode. So, yeah, <laughs> Ball Humbug 2020. <laughs> <laughs> So um, let's let's kind of start this off with something that I uh, spoke about on part one that I said that definitely wanted to uh, really bring this back up and really put into perspective uh, how significant this was um, in regards to uh, all of society, but primarily professional wrestling. And that was the speaking out movement that happened this mm-hmm. year. That was a very, very... Um, I guess we can start off by saying eye-opening movement that initially happened uh, where a lot of women, initially women, and then um, everyone, however you identify, uh, spoke out about wrongdoings of sexual harassment within the world of professional wrestling, uh, grooming, and just all inappropriate and indecent exposures and, and situations that have happened, which has um, ultimately cost people jobs cause people pain should we say as well too where victims um you know use their platform encourage to speak out about things that have happened to them and let them know that they weren't the only ones that 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 potentially have had happened to where you see a lot of people rally together to stand out and speak out against the wrongdoings of professional wrestling and um it was a it was a monumental thing like again it took a lot of people a lot of courage to be able to do what they did and ultimately um this rid a lot of the wrongdoing in professional wrestling again people lost their jobs people lost contracts people lost pushes whatever however you want to frame it people are out of the wrestling business uh so fellas now that we look back to um this movement that really again monumental and um as we'll like to say, people had time this, this year. Um, mm-hmm. People definitely was not letting anything go by the wayside. People were making it very clear 
what had happened in detail, screenshots, whatever it may be. But when you look back to it now, what's kind of your reflections about this? And um, what do you kind of expect uh, as things kind of go forward next year as we may get back to some normalcy? You know, how, how do you how do you how do you expect some of these changes after this movement? Uh, where, 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 do, where do you kind of foresee them to go? So I'll start with Damien with this one. So I am I'm grateful for the speaking out movement to have happened in the first place. Um Admittedly, you know, our involvement in, in with independent wrestlers and promotions notwithstanding, uh, it was a breath of fresh air to actually have people actually have the bravery to come forward and document and essentially just have the strength to recount their experiences. Uh, you're right. We did have time because a lot of us were stuck indoors with only our thoughts. And a lot of people probably didn't know if they would make it out of 2020 given, you know, COVID and whatnot. So maybe that was their their way of catharsis. And I think that was important for a lot of people. It was necessary. Uh, we long have heard about the term carny industry. Uh, wrestling is not the first, nor will it be the last that has predatory behavior. Uh, but seeing it get called out in the workplace by fellow professionals and fans alike, uh, it's also shined a light on people who back in the day would have said like, I don't see what the big deal is as opposed to self-reflecting and saying, wait a minute, maybe I am the bad guy in this situation. And now I'm not saying I'm not excusing anybody, but a lot of people are so self unaware of how their behaviors affect other people that I feel as if like these people actually come out and saying, you did this, like, let me document this for you. That's not cool is a way for people to hopefully reflect and say, damn, I fucked up and not for, not for political or corporate or, or monetary gain either, like some people uh, who after the fact, you know, want to stream their whole damn library on YouTube to get sympathy. But the the people affected, I, I pray and hope that they find closure. I pray and hope that they, you know, find their peace within it. And going forward, uh, I want this to be the norm in all walks of life. I want people to get called out on the carpet, you know, if they do do things that are inhumane and and just overstepping people's boundaries and i think that in wrestling that was necessary because look man 2020 was a big old pile of crap tard and the fact that this you know and i remember Nazir, like w- there was one instance you had called me i was on the road back from austin and we were talking about someone specific in wrestling and being called out and i just told you i said yo 2020 what the fuck you know, and, and it was someone that we were relatively cool with that we found out was, was a creepazoid. And that for me was one of those things where I said, okay, unless I am with people 24 7, 365, I don't know what goes on behind their clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, will, I will stop referring to a lot of these talents as friends, air quotes, mm-hmm. uh, because that's a thing that a lot of fans used to do. They'd be like, oh, that's my friend. I'm like, no, you met them at a show. No, you hung out with them at a Denny's after a show. So I think boundaries due to the speaking out thing is another thing that I'm realizing is happening more and more. And I hope people are more aware, you know, that they're not starstruck and saying, oh, man, this person wants to hang out with me, like and grab like lunch or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. so be wary, be wary, y'all. And, uh, you know, what, what, what do referees say? Protect your head at all times. Protect yourself at all times. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I want to add something to that real quick. First off, the word creep, because, I mean, 
we say it, I think, in the right frames of things. But like my biggest my biggest thing with this movement was that it was always about sexual harassment, wrongdoings, um, abuse, mm-hmm. you know, the manipulation, the, manipulation, mm-hmm. those same. It wasn't about creeps and it wasn't about bad business and it no. wasn't about breakups and it wasn't about uh what, what other things anything outside of the things i said it wasn't about that and we slowly saw this movement transforming where people were looking to use it for clout that's a conversation mm-hmm. for another day but to damien's point you're absolutely right and he, you definitely went the nice route with it but you know there were people that we were uh we had uh you know professional relations with mm-hmm. uh, in this business and like you said, you know, unless you've had a beer with that person, unless you shared the hotel room, and maybe that doesn't even count for people, the wrestlers in there. <laughs> but for us, you know, unless we share the hotel with that person, and unless unless we know what that person is doing at all times, you really don't know. And that was really yeah. the biggest eye opener for this is that yep. no one was exempt, and I appreciated that that there was no swaying of like a well that person's pretty big, we can't touch that person, or like that person's working for that promotion, we can't touch that person. And the heart and soul of this movement was, uh, it, it, again, I can't, I can't think of another word. It's monumental, but it was so mm-hmm. rightfully needed to really get rid of, uh, or to to start those conversations, and then to start to get rid of um, the bad and negativity that's not needed, especially on an independent level. So, uh, we'll jump in. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying there really made me think think of something. There is some good that came out of this year as far as like think goods that happened probably that only could have happened because of COVID and this pandemic happening. Because like you just said, you didn't have people worried about, oh, I can't talk about this stuff because I'm going to lose my bookings. There were no bookings to lose. So people had the chance to be like, okay, this is the chance I can find. I can talk about this. There's no shows happening for the foreseeable future. I'm just sitting here, like we've been saying, people had time. So people finally came forward with a lot of stuff. And they said some of it was surprising. Some of it, maybe not. Some of it, you know, involved people that you would never suspect. And like you said, I think it, it served as a huge wake up call to a lot of people that, you know, you do not know these people. You may think you do, but mm-hmm. a lot of these people have a very crafted persona that they put out, you know, to make money with. And it's not who they necessarily really are behind the scenes. There's other sides to them that you may not know about that other people are seeing. And like I say, it's about manipulation. It's about power dynamics. It's about all kinds of stuff. So we had a lot of people learn that lesson this year. It was needed. It cleaned up a lot of stuff. And I hope, I think my biggest fear now, as you think back, it's like, my God, speaking out, that happened in June. And here we are at the end of the year. And it feels like that was a lifetime ago. And I think my biggest fear as we look to 2021 and, you know, we have a possible vaccine now and stuff happening. And if stuff starts going back to normal, stuff starts opening up and start being more shows. I think my biggest fear is that some of these people are going to have suddenly been like, oh, for people are forgot about June. People are forgot about speaking out and suddenly it's going to be like, oh. We're gonna start running shows, and some of these people are gonna start crawling out of the woodwork. Yeah, well, so, let's like, be let's be more specific. 
because money starts flowing, people are going to mm-hmm. start turning a blind eye to things. And, exactly. Once and, it once it turns into we need to sell tickets. Yep. And that and, ends up trumping everything. And that see, ends up trumping everything. And, and we'll is, start hearing about oh well, so, well they learned their lesson. Yeah. They changed. How and, quickly are we going to hear that all of a sudden? And I, I mean, I'm a big advocate of rehabilitation. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely. But like, much like I, you know, I just said to Damien, this is why the word creep don't suffice because at what point do predators, you know, downgrade to creeps? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Who, who, who yeah. to make that call? And the one thing I've been saying is that the one thing that really got under my skin about the whole movement, besides people, you know, trying to change the principles of it and the foundations of it, and trying to use it for clout is uh, we know that outside of, you know, wrestlers being independent contractors and not really gaining the education and knowledge of how to run a business or being business oriented. The other thing is the, the lack of resources. Thus, where well, where are these rehabilitation resources at for mm-hmm. these people that's going through the things? How can we trust that yeah. somebody has learned when we don't even know what is available to them? What when, yeah. when have we ever had, you know, and, and 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 God knows if 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 Damien had probably never took a hiatus, he would have been somebody that pe- a lot more people would have went to in the business to understand these things. And then that's another person that you know you can trust. And then you can say, like, yes, this person has completed a certain amount of hours with me mm-hmm. or right. a certain amount of class. But where are these resources at? Because that's what that's been the thing. We know about Sammy Guevara and what AEW did, which was I absolutely give them the praise for hitting it head on. That was one of the few. Going to do absolutely one of the few. But then name one other example that went went down that same thing. No, that's just it. It's like what work has actually been done if some of these people start turning back up? Because yep. Lord knows there's a lot of them. The ones that were the most damning to me were the ones that got called out and then they fell off the face of the planet immediately torched all their social media disappeared haven't heard from them again that's Are the one naming names I, because I, there's one dude that stands out real quick oh, there's, when you there's, say there's, torch. A few. there's a few mm-hmm. but yeah the, the ones that immediately torched everything i'm dying to know what happened to those people because I, I i my part of my thinking is this no these people do not go away they're they're too much of it. There's too much ego involved to completely disappear like that. And that's yeah. the point. That's they, the ego thing. they are around. They are watching. And I'm doing the And we may and they may even be talking to you, and you don't even know it. But they I'm, people do not disappear that quick. And that's what I'm worried about in 2021 is how many of these people are going to turn back up, and how quick are people going to be like willing to forgive in the name of making money? Because yeah. that's what wrestling is in the end. Yeah. So. And that's what will be my point to add to yours. We'll kind of combine you and Damien. So a longtime friend of mine that I work with, he says, if you really want to get to know somebody, take away all their money to see how they really are as a person. And if you take away and strip away all their value, who are they really? Because that's when their truth comes out. Because people, not just wrestlers, everybody, if you have some money in your pocket, you think you have a persona or maybe by the car that you drive, it's a persona that you think you have to represent because of the value that you have. But if you really want to know somebody, take away all their value. And going into 21, let's say all these changes do come back and then money comes back into play. Okay, money's back in your pocket now. 
Are you really going to stay that same humble person that you kind of opened up when everything was taken away from from wrestling promotions to jobs to everything we had nothing to go to? Are you really going to stay that same person? Because sometimes when you have nothing there, you really get to see what's really there about you or around you. So as you shift back into that normalcy, when you get money back in your pocket and everything, are you really going to stay that same person? And that's the biggest question where even going back to the Me Too movement, yeah, we had that Me Too movement and and movies and everything, but did it really change people of who they are because everything was taken away? And that's where we need to see how these wrestlers are going to go to when we go back to this normalcy. Are you really going to stay that same person that really reflected on yourself? Think about, oh, I've changed here. I'm going to continue this way. Or are you going to say, oh, that was just a false well, because, you know, I didn't have anything at that time. 2020 just stripped it away from me. There's also there's also a couple of issues here. I mean, there is the person and then there's the character. Yep. And then and then you you have the person without money, the person with money, the character mm-hmm. without money, and the character mm-hmm. with Lears money. This, <laughs> you got so many variables here, you just never know what you're gonna get. Right. I mean, and that's why, you know, we can't really dictate who is what and what is what, but accountability, accountability, I cannot talk accountability <laughs> can definitely be uh, dished out uh, on all accounts because um I mean that's 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 what we'll say. Like nothing was nothing was running this year. So a lot of people were forced to be home and have time. And, you know, with things aren't you know, with things not progressing as normal, then, you know, it should have gave us an eye out on what a specific person and their personality, you know, how how are they handling and managing through this time? But I mean, you know, kind of because I'm going to switch to topics in a second. I think Will brought up a, a, another really good point, too, is. Oh, there was folks that mm-hmm. soon as they deleted stuff, they can wait to peep back out the curtain and next they know they're pointing the finger. So it's like oh, yeah, trying to deflect attention. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I and I and I like I, I the the insensibility to things here, definitely, regardless of who's right and who's wrong, is one of those type of things where it's just like, this is why. The core, the core premise of this movement, you always had to remember, because if it stuck to what it started to, a lot of other issues wouldn't have came about because it was starting to become a question of integrity of like, well, why is this person doing what and why is this person? This has nothing to do with victims or anything. But we mm-hmm. all know that whenever, especially in wrestling, whenever there is a wave to catch, people are automatically going to do it. I mean. You know, when the fanny pack wave came out, everyone started wearing those. Or, you know, when the only oh, the Patreon came out, then all of them wanted to get Patreon. You know, it's these type of things where people's like, well, if that person's doing it and that's working for them, I'm going to do it, too. And and it wasn't supposed to ever be a, a, a movement for people to monopolize on or to clout from. But we know the initial voices that came out about this, they're still pretty much in their own shell. You know, they're still operating the way they did. They said what they had to say. They brought attention to it. And then they, you know, they had to handle it how they had to handle it. You saw people coming out that came out talking about like, well, I don't like this person, blah, 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 blah. And we need to go after them. And it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not even being sensitive to your own peers, your own your own peers who are victims in this. Like you done, you done made this like a vendetta of some sort, you know, and it was never about that. And um. And like, again, like there was a lot of positive and negatives that came out of this. But like at 
the core heart of what was going on, there was definitely, it was absolutely well needed. So let me ask this too, James. I know you're going to shift to the next topic, and this is more of a rhetorical question. You don't have to go into it, but just to think about. So when you said about the holding each other accountable with that, would it be up to talent to support the promotion saying like, hey, yep. this guy did this. I'm not working mm-hmm. with this guy. 100%. Exactly. Storyline. I'm not you, working with this guy. You need Faye Jackson's in yes. your locker room. Yes. That's what you need. You know, yes. if me and Yen was still in the Indies, you know, you need people like that. The ones who aren't going to, who doesn't care. They don't care Someone's what promotion. Got, they put the foot down. They yeah. put the foot down. Like, you book this person, I'm not working the show. Yeah. Period. That's the only way. That's the only way it changes. Yeah. That's the only way. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. You did get people who stepped up to realize I'm like, I have to be the voice for the voice list. Yeah. And that's really the good that we got out of this. We've seen people step up that says, I'm not going for this. Uh, I'm not allowing this to happen. Um, and, you know, good locker room leaders, not mm-hmm. just because of tenure, mm-hmm. but because of action. And, you know, that's where you get the Faye Jacksons of the world, the Billy Dixons of the world, the people who just making sure that conduct is going to be as it should be um, through in and throughout. And beyond be conduct, also equal pay, safety, mm-hmm. and all these other things too. Um, so, anywho, um, let's, let's, let's talk about something else that we kind of talked about going into, coming into this year. Um, and part one, we talked a lot about Impact Wrestling, um, ROH, and evaluating AEW again you should listen to part one of uh of this end of the year holiday special so you can get our um thoughts and reflections on that but the biggest thing um that we talked about uh, that we didn't talk about with part one that I wanted to bring to part two was well folks we now have had a very (laughs) a very stranger in professional wrestling a lot of people had to change their business plan metrics schemes whatever you want to call it Schemes, (laughs) (laughs) Schemes, <laughs> <laughs> strategy, positioning, whatever it may be. Looking back at this year now, I'm gonna start with you, Sellers. Of all the promotions this year, mm-hmm. who would you say had the best year? Honestly, um, ooh, this, that's, a tough, that's a tough question. So I'll say this I'll say two people as a tie. And I don't mean to make these like the top two tiers, but I think AEW and WWE, but in two different parallel ways. But it's a tie. People? <laughs> well, you said, we said people or com- or you said people or companies. Maybe I misheard the question. Promotions. Promotion. Okay. So yeah, we'll, I, get the, we'll get the people in a second, but promotions. Okay. Gotcha. So <laughs> I'm what you're telling. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Wait a minute. I was like, I'm missing this. Okay. Um, I would say WWE and AEW. Um, the reason why WWE literally just from the fact where everything shut down, all sports, movies, any entertainment, the fact that they went through and did not take a break when we said, okay, they need to shut down. All oh, they're having COVID scares. All they're doing this. But they, they really scares. And they really kept moving throughout the whole time and, and they really did not stop. So when you think about somebody that does that, once again, you could throw a hat, I mean, throw a, a ring in the hat of Vince McMahon on that saying, I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to stop. That's great. One thing I will say that AEW was very successful was they kind of showed the market of what you need to do to change your presentation as mm-hmm. you do it. So think about the camera views, like how the ring view is where you see them coming down the ramp of the stage, how it used to be, okay, coming from the left or coming from the right. You see it straight on coming down to the ring. And I think that the camera view 
or the the cinematic aspects that they did kind of brought in how everybody else had to change what they should do. And I think AEW was a little bit first on that. And and once again, give credit to AEW to keep on. They were they um, absolutely what, were first. WWE was like, oh, we, we, we got to do that. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, just the things that AEW has done, even how you brought in fans um, in a way to show how you can do that in a safe way and not hear any reports about fans getting COVID due to attending this event. So it's different things that, once again, during pandemic, you find out creative things that you can do for your business that you realize that you couldn't do before, that when things go back to normal and add in the new things that you've already done, you can really transcend of what you could do for your production as you move forward. So take the best of both worlds. So I, I got to give shout outs to those two uh, promotions and doing what they're doing, but um, definitely for AEW doing some things first, but for WWE not stopping the product at all. Yep, keep keeping the train rolling, both of them. Because hell, AEW that first month, they did like a whole month of taping and something yep. like, two, three days, because they were just like, we don't know when the heck we're going to be able to even get together. When everyone, before Florida became, you know, the hot spot to be like, okay, you can get away with whatever here. We don't have to worry about week-to-week stuff. You know, that we forget how that, that late March, early April part of the year, where people really didn't know what the hell was happening or how long it was going to go on. You know, it was kind of flying by the seat of your pants there to figure out how these places were going to do week to week television. And that's when we ended up, as as Jamal always likes to call it, when in a QT Marshall sex dungeon for a couple <laughs> episodes of Dynamite there and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, just keeping shows every week was a hell of an accomplishment. I think the other thing I think back on that we you know we got we probably would not have had this year. We would not have had the rise of the uh, cinematic match yep. <laughs> to the extent yep. that we did because lord no question yeah maybe we would have had one or two but it would have become such a thing where it's like okay we're gonna go completely out of the box and we're gonna shoot a movie <laughs> and it's just exactly. gonna and, and and we're gonna have and we're gonna lean into stuff like the undertaker we're gonna lean into stuff like the fiend to where it's like hey there's no rules here we can do whatever the hell we want with this given the characters involved so that kind of creativity was pretty damn cool to see. It's like, you know, we, I don't think we, we would not have gotten that to the extent that we ended up getting it. Now, did all of it work? No, but some of it was neat. I mean, hell, mm-hmm. I think back to that damn Boneyard match and that first night WrestleMania went off the air and pretty much people were like, that was pretty damn cool. Yep. And if any people were walking away from that first night of WrestleMania thinking, I don't know how the hell they're going to come back tomorrow for a whole nother night because they the end was just so like out of nowhere. It was kind of like, okay, that worked. So... If anything, boundaries were pushed this year. They weren't pushed in a way that anyone ever expected, but sometimes that's what needs to happen. Hell, think about when the first, first day of pictures we saw of the Thunderdome. People thought that shit was going to be horrible. <laughs> People th- were laughing at that crap the first time we saw the Thunderdome. Then it came on TV and it was kind of like, all right, this is this kind of works. It's oh, you know, I need to get in the Thunderdome. Let me get yeah, in my computer. Exactly. Given the situation is like, okay, this is pretty damn cool. Now I think we're at the point now where it's like, okay, I think they need to kind of reinvent that because like the blooms off the rose with that now so it's like okay you gotta mix it up maybe and do like more of like i think more of a hybrid thing with like how they're doing nxt where you got the thunderdome set up but you also have fans there and kind of the best of both worlds but with numbers spiking who knows but that's the kind of stuff i want to see i want to see that stuff get changed up the boundaries pushed and work with you know i think a lot of people are viewing it as okay there's so many limitations in what you can do right now yeah but work within those limitations and look at it and say, okay, there's also a lot of stuff you can do that you would not normally be able to do if you had a, if you had an arena full of fans. Mm-hmm. So 
it, it opens up different opportunities. How we saw it this past week with the Nama, why so two weeks ago with the Firefly Inferno match, where it's like, okay, we can put fire in where all the damn fans Ooh. would be. We can get away with all kinds of crap that we would not normally be able to do if we had a huge building full of people here. So different ways to look at it. It's not necessarily limitations. It's sometimes opportunities. And I think that's who's going to be my winner when I say who who's a big winner this year. And, and it's a latecomer to the game. It's Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are being featured on a broader a broader scope now. And it's not just the you know the five of us talking about, yo, did you see the women's match at Impact last night? Or you saw the tag match? Now it's, oh, there are other wrestlers and other promotions, not in AEW or WWE, that are fe- being featured on television and putting new eyes on a product. Now, say what you want about the partnership between the two companies or the working agreement. Uh, I, I, I've always liked it. I always enjoyed working arrangements with companies. I think it's needed in professional wrestling. Uh, but having Tony Schiavone and Tony Khan show up on Impact with these cheesy NWA power style commercials, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air for one, for me. Uh, and for two, just having Impact grow because I've been beating the Impact drum for the whole year. Uh, you know, after, you know, Hard to Kill and everything like that, I still was beating the Impact drum and people were still like, what are you talking about? Like, I can only catch it on Switch. Well, now you ain't got no excuse because now AEW fans are watching it now and wanting to see more involvement, especially from the Knockouts division. You know, I as, you, as everybody knows, I'm a big harbinger of women's wrestling and the fact that that roster top to bottom now gets a a bigger visual footprint uh, in the wrestling landscape makes me also happy. But I want to go back to, to uh, everyone else's point about, you know, AEW and WWE. Uh, yeah, because they got away with it because it was Florida, because probably Vince walked into DeSantis's office like the Jimmy Snooker with the bag and said, <laughs> keep everything open. Uh, damn, if damn, if my workers get sick or damn, if you know people get sick, keep my ish going because we are. What, what was it called? Essential entertainment or yep. something? Like yes. That? Essential yes. business? Essential but, services. <laughs> and I remember when that happened, all of us were discussing it saying, how the hell is professional wrestling considered essential yep. in a pandemic? But hey, it worked. Vince paid off DeSantis. I'm sure Tony probably threw some money over there too. And, and that's why Florida was able to be Florida in terms of professional wrestling. Uh, another winner is us. Because us, the fans, because we got to actually see professional wrestling being done in the middle of a pandemic. There were no sports, to Will's point, no sports. Everything was doom and gloom in the media. So if you were watching the news, you were F that way. Mm. So what was the release? If you, you weren't going to watch nothing but guys' grocery games every five seconds, you know, you had to <laughs> you know, change it up a little bit. So we had professional wrestling on our television screens. Was it? safe for AEW to tape a month's worth of shows in about a week uh, or like three days? I don't know, but we got to benefit from it as fans. Uh, I'm grateful that the talent were as safe as possible or at least kept as safe as possible within their own constructs. Uh, So they won there too. And another winner is independent wrestlers who appeared on Dark because they wouldn't have appeared at any other place, even though they were being probably farmed from all over the, the country in COVID bans, probably. But they were able to apply their trade on a brand, and some people got signed because of it. So you know what? All around, we talked about it back in April, man. We said, yo, is wrestling really going to make it through this? How are they going to do this? And how is it that it's twenty going to be 2021 by the time this episode airs, and, and they made it? And they profited. How in the name of everything that is holy with all the layoffs that happened back in April that 
wrestling profited. That that's another win. The wallet. That's a big win for Vince McMahon. <laughs> his wallet. That's where I'm gonna leave that. I was about to say, man, Damien, he about to take us on to the whole next topic. But anyway, <laughs> nonetheless, um, we're going to uh we're gonna uh hit a commercial break really quick. Uh, and then we'll be back to talk about uh some of our favorite and best moments of this year, uh standout talent this year, and uh people to look out for. Uh, come next year so uh, stay tuned and we'll be back in a second hey this is 2 Chains, the host of the BGB podcast be sure to visit us on YouTube and subscribe for additional content also rate, review and subscribe to the Big Go Belt podcast on iTunes and all audio platforms visit BigGoBellGroup.com the golden standard for all of your wrestling needs and connect with us on all social media platforms all right folks welcome back here uh, to the big old belt podcast uh this is our end of the year special part two definitely check out part one uh which was available last week um and is available in all audio platforms and you can also find us at bigobelgroup.com we're here back to talk about uh more things in 2020 and then uh few things as we approach slowly actually tomorrow 2021 uh but first thing i want to talk about yeah like fellas it's definitely been a crazy year and um i i, I love how damien uh, kind of ended off our first segment with you know wow a lot of people like to say covid suck and this year's been bad but you know there's been blessings in disguise we talked a lot about that on part 1 with Jamal um but with that, with that being said, you know, let's kind of focus on some of the positivity things of this year. What's some of the best and good moments this year that y'all can remember um, that just really uh, was your was, was something you put on your mantle for uh, standouts for uh, 2020 professional wrestling? And I'll start with you, Sellers. So I, I'm going in a, a little different route and I'm going to give shout outs to women, two, two distinct things with women. So one, anytime somebody can give life in this world that's always an outstanding thing and just for becky lynch to put her career on hold because she wants to be a mom i think that was probably one of the most epic moments of natural like feel good for anybody to come in um to for her to just to put that down to be a mom and then to successfully birth her child because that, that's not an easy feat you know it's no guarantee through life process that life happens but when life happens we're always blessed for it um so that's something that's always great to see how life is still uh, coming into this world, even though it was so much tragedy with death in other parts of the world. Another thing I would like to shout out on a woman aspect is Bailey. I, I think Bailey really carried WWE on her back in a way because she is like, when you think about um, somebody that persevered, regardless of this pandemic you saw on every show, she literally was on both Raw and SmackDown carrying on two separate storyline waves and really bringing up other talent like Tamina, who would never ever have a title shot in the normal circumstances and still make it seem like it's a great aspect of a of a storyline. I, I gotta give shout outs to Bailey, not knowing at the time until we saw her her documentary that she was going through some personal tragedy herself, not being able to travel back at home in California. So just that aspect as well. Um and then also and I throw this the sidebar in using the time that when you're away from TV because of certain circumstances of health, how you take that moment to reinvent yourself to be even better. So making sure you take time to master your craft 
And I got to give you shout out to Roman Reigns on that aspect of how he's really transcended yes. his aspect of what he does for his career. Because I used to cannot stand him on TV. I didn't hate the guy. <laughs> But now to the fact that like literally every Friday, even on Christmas, on Christmas and, and New Year's Day when SmackDown comes on, I'm looking forward to see what he does next. Um, and that's just a master of your craft of what you're trying to do to make sure you take the time and the opportunities when you have them. Um, so those were three big highlights for me, uh, two for women and I throw one for just making sure if you master your craft. And I know more wrestlers master their craft in this certain situation when they step away for a moment, but um, those really resonated for me. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off that and expand a bit more on Roman Reigns because, my God, when he, <laughs> di- when he disappeared when the pandemic hit, no one expected what we got back come SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. He came back. And, and be and clear, changed- he, he stepped away from his family. He did have birth of twins. So, yes. you know, he yeah. also, you know, and I, and I think that's also something I want to, you know, as much as we talk about the character, um, wrestlers who you know, make the decision to protect their homes. Mm-hmm. Regardless yeah. of their push, their statue, their their ducats, whatever it may be. Um, Roman Reigns on the top of the mountain doing so was a huge statement because people yeah. were just like, oh, he's done. He's not going to be in Vince's favor no more. And man, <laughs> if you thought that, man, were you wrong? But go ahead, Will. Yeah, but, but between being immunocompromised and having young children at home, you know, he, yeah. he did what he had to do. And he was gone from, you know, the mi- middle of March to the end of August. And I think a lot of people were thinking, you know, he might not come back till, you know, there's a vaccine. But he's back. And my God, he's a totally different person. And it's not just that Roman came back and is now the tribal chief and is, you know, finally a heel and it's a, be- a different presentation and it's completely refreshing. To me, it's not just that. It's mm. that through this change, He's also elevated Jey Uso mm-hmm. to a completely different level and made him into a completely different character between mm-hmm. all the manipulation and family dynamics and sociopathic behavior. It's just, it's wild. Ow. And then heck, and just, you know, this month here, it's we're finishing up the year of December, Kevin Owens now is suddenly yeah. like refreshed completely as like an amazing hot baby face. Yeah. It's like, it's not just Roman being a heel. It's Roman being a heel and then people orbiting around him 100%. benefiting from that one change. And I'm really excited to see how much that continues into the new year. Cause I mean, he's just getting started. There is so much juice left to squeeze in the tribal chief Roman reigns that it, Lots of people are going to benefit from this. It's not just a matter that he benefited from it. It's so many other people. SmackDown is such a better show now because of that one move. Because that one move, it's improved SmackDown a ton. The heck, you want to talk about the women? The other big thing on SmackDown, of course, got Sasha Banks now as the champ. Like like, like Marcella said, I co-would say, you know, her and Bailey carried, I think, WWE on their back Mm -hmm. up until the Tribal Chief stuff happened. That early part of the, the whole summer was really about the ladies in WWE. It mm. really was. The men just were not clicking mm-hmm. on a huge level. Drew McIntyre was trying to find his footing. He finally seems to have really come into his own in the last couple of months. But the women were really holding that place together. I would say uh, Sasha, Bailey, and Asuka. Those three. Yep. Were in the entire I just, summer. I just want to say something really quick about Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns went back home, take care of his babies. 
and then decided to hit up the, the father's club and was like, when we come back, we're taking over. And that's what happened. All yep. the fathers, <laughs> he just said, like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to make sure that we that's all- That's a good point. It's yeah. all the dads now. <laughs> yeah. yep. But but you, but you know what else, too? I'm speaking about the, the Usos, too. I mean, they had their own troubles. And mm-hmm. I think that this is a big leadership thing where you have to, you know, who knows where they could have been at in terms of- uh, in, in terms of the state of the locker room and with management, especially they keep Jay. in trouble, they keep and that it's not a J thing. It is an item. Naomi's in there as well too. That's true. It, they are a package deal. When something happens, they all point the figure like all you all are accountable for this. Here's one action, and I think that you you have to take into a little bit of an assumption that Roman steps up and says, "I got them this time. Let me take care of them. Let mm-hmm. me see. You know." Um, uh, you know, let me see for their 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 day to day operations. Put them very close to me, and it's been working. And I think you know, much like the New Day, they've always been themselves. And when they stuck together, I mean, they've been grease lightning uh, forever. I think that you're putting another family of people together, and it's just mm-hmm. clicking because they know each other better than anybody else. So, um, really quickly, my 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 thing for this year, uh, without a doubt, it's so crazy. It's so crazy when you think about where happened with um when you when you think about what happened with the pandemic and the roster and the rock the whole roster not being totally available and you happen to really dig deep after bring some people in for nxt just a lot of shuffling around and you had a particular person who made an appearance and the person was like you know what they're done with wrestling they're going to retire and then next thing you know they are must watch tv they are dripping in gold they are pure black excellence. And that's the Hurt Business. And the, and the mm. moment I'm thinking about is the moment when MVP first debuted the Hurt Business. And when you think about everything that's happened this year, we spoke about the Speaking Out movement, but we also got to speak about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and how that really shook up the mm-hmm. wrestling world, where now people were just like, you know what? It's something I may have believed in before but i wouldn't be able to make a i wouldn't be able to make a a a statement about that on television or in my company because i might get blackball i might get exiled or whatever and we've seen how sports all confined and gave athletes of any sports a platform to speak on thus in professional wrestling we we had the conversation of would they be able to do it here and how would it be done and you have to consider MVP from the moment he seen Kofi win. That's the shot. Chat. Um, crying, you know, of that monumental moment to the point of him being brought in to WWE for a match, for him to get his rightful send-off, for him to be brought back in because we need you because we don't have a lot of people. We need you. And to the point where he's very vocal about it and in, in, in his personal space is just social medias and stuff but for him to be able to now be needed be utilized giving the keys to the to the car to be able to equip a team the way he did for them to be and, and fashion themselves the way that they want to the way they sit fit for him to completely construct his segments put together people who were doing god knows what the moment they first walked out, walked out in suits, I just I, I I could I could just never forget. I was just like, oh, 
this is this is legit. Like this is this is this is not events doing here. This is a this is events that I I I I feel at the bottom of my heart. This was the Vince and MVP conversation where Vince had an idea. MVP was like, "No, I got this. I got this. Let me do this. Let me put the right people together. Let me put this team together." And at this point now, business is booming. They're all driven and go. I need about at least another year with them. And like the again, the first moment seeing them walking down with with suits this year. Um, complete representation of everything they believe in, completely being handled the way they they, they should be, given proper time. Um, it, it's just been amazing. Like the, the her business debut this year was just one of those moments. I was just like, man, <laughs> I can't even believe this is happening right now. Shelton I, I, Benjamin, folks, has a oh, time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in, in, tw- in 2020. The, 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 the renaissance for Shelton Benjamin has been awesome. I remember that first time they turned up in suits, the way that popped up online and just people were just all into it. I just remember the, the takeaway of people immediately saying like, oh, it's the urban four horsemen. And I was like, yeah. damn, there you, there you like, go. Like evolution again. I'm like, damn, hey, okay. Hey, let's go. Let's that credibility on it, you know? MVP has one of my favorite themes. For him to get rid of that and then to come out with this, because I, I love his Black Panther, um, his, his, his Black Panther gear. So for him to reform all the things I liked about him and to double down the way he did, it still gives me chills every time I see them. They legit, like, they legit live their gimmick. Like, they are a complete representation of who they are doing it throughout. And it just, it's it's perfect. And then it's like, they look professionals. They don't look like sideshow clowns. You know what I mean? They look exactly the way they talk. Professional business, uh, business makers who brings the hurt. And they all driven to go. I it's it's still the crazy. It's the craziest, but like my favorite moment this year, without a doubt. And if you think about it, MVP is still doing the same gimmick. It's just evolved from when he was an active wrestler. Because remember, he was the cocky business inspired athlete, the To style athlete when he debuted. To that is highest paid uh, athlete in SmackDown history. Exactly. And now that he's gotten a little bit older, he's become like this super agent ballers type, like Dwayne's character on Ballers, where it's about building up a business and building up, you know, like black excellence, you know, in the athletic realm where he's like the super agent now, it seems, as opposed to just being the active athlete. What was that, Will? Spencer Strathmore personified. Yeah. Yeah. He's Spence. That's what I mean. Like, he is Spence. And, And I know a lot of people probably didn't understand that but we do and yep. that's that, that was something beneficial because a latecomer to the 2020 party was the rebirth of cedric alexander as a heel the new and even, well uh, dude he oh my god i can't even begin to say how happy i am with his ascent over the last month or so yep. keep it you together know, i am i i is i i feel the tension of them trying to do something keep nope, it together, keep it together. Yeah. i like the thought of him being the impetuous younger brother like a loose cannon MVP. of the group yes because mm-hmm. he's mvp when mvp was younger almost so he's cocky it's like showtime alexander it's like okay now you got this gravitas this bravado but MVP can be that that kind of sage, like, dude, I was literally you about 15 years ago on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Easy, brother. Easy. And let me talk to you. And, and just seeing them as a cohesive unit. I mean, everyone thought, okay, Bobby Lashley, whatever, he's just going to be Bobby Lashley. And he's one of the most protected people on the roster right now. Nobody mm-hmm. gets out the hurt lock, save for Keith Lee for two seconds. But <laughs> no. Everybody taps out the minute they're in it. Like Jeff Hardy, literally, the minute he's in it, he's like tapped out. 
at what point would you think that Jeff Hardy would be tapping out within three seconds of having a finisher put on him in his career? Not many. So Bobby Lashley is really protected. The tag team scene, I mean, if think about tag teams in, in general in WWE right now. The Hurt Business, then you have The New Day, mm-hmm. then you have The Prophets. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. bless The Prophets. Just because I didn't, know, I didn't know how their gimmick would translate to the main roster without fans. Right. Because their, their intro was so immersive and so, I guess, user-friendly. Very interactive. <laughs> Yeah, very interactive. And now just having the, the weird cups fall from the ceiling, like whatever, man, that's fine. But just seeing that they still are able to maintain that energy without a live crowd makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. And one more thing I really enjoyed the last, especially since Roman came back, that I'm paying attention more to it, is storyline nuance. Because remember when there were no fans, people were complaining that we hear everything. Uh, yeah. Like when, when Bliss and Cross fought the Kabuki Warriors at Mania, you heard every little thing and people were complaining about that. But now when Roman came back with his character, the little ish talking under his breath, yes. you know, the, the, the little the, the little notes of like, my man, like, what you doing? Like the, the right. facial expressions. Yeah. I am more in tune with those things now. Thanks to, let's say, Roman and KO, where I'm just like, oh, OK, I, I see that twinge of the character development right there. Yep. Or with, with Jey Uso, for instance, yep. you know, like that, the anguish in his face of trying to please the tribal chief after feuding with him for a month and then still getting your ass kicked and coming back to the, you know, like the scolded dog, the scolded child, you know, back to the family. Yep. Because the family has chosen this person to represent them. So you have to fall in line. Mm-hmm. That, that family dynamic, that arc was so good. And then with Bailey having her be this super Karen, you know, uh, of, of, the women's, of the women's division and feuding with Michael Cole and talking about, I heard that Michael, like just right. little things like that make me enjoy watching the theatrics of wrestling now 100%. as opposed to just the in-ring action. So I can thank 2020 for that because I, I love that now. Mm. Yeah, it's been, there's a really, 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 really good points up and down the board. Um, so what we, I, I guess we just kind oh, of one more thing. That. Sasha got me to watch the Mandalorian. So I'm just going to put that out there. Bye. <laughs> that is completely irrelevant there. <laughs> I hope Something she's not that came out of 2020. <laughs> I watched the Mandalorian because of Sasha Banks. Okay, great. Oh man. As if she's the biggest star on there, like Bill Burr isn't just walking around there on episodes, you know, Look, man, like- I didn't like Bill Burr until that episode. Okay. Now I like Bill Burr. So it's, <laughs> So, um, okay, so I guess we kind of hybrided uh, moments and people, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. it all kind of goes together. That's for it sure. It all blends in. So, out of everything that's happening this year, I, I guess we, we we go to who should we keep an eye out for next year? Person, promotion, whatever. Make the answer question. Answer the question. However you see fit. What to look out for? Our expectations going into 2021 well one person i'll say just earlier when we talked about the hurt business i kind of teased it i'm gonna go back with cedric alexander um with that evolution comparison i really think and, and i agree keep them together but the way i see them building him is like a new randy orton and the way that randy was when he was a young world champion um, the youngest person in that group and how to build him to try to be the biggest superstar in the way, mm-hmm. but for future tense, not now, but for the future. Um, I kind of see how Cedric is being aligned for that 
we're, we're trying to build you up there. We're trying to make sure you get some cred under your, your belt. But, you know, we're doing it for like something that's going to happen in three to four years. I'm really watching out to see what he's going to do. Um, on another tip, another person that's going to be a watch out for me is Montez Ford. Um, Montez Ford, are you going to try to take him away from the street profits and then idolize him as a, a single wrestler at some point? But don't do it in a way where you make him a heel. Uh, try to keep him as a face because I really think him and uh, Dawkins are great as faces um, and try to support them like you did with the New Day. Uh, those are two people that I see. Now, one person I'm really intrigued in on the woman's aspect, um, I really want to see what they're going to do with this Carmella thing. Um, her 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 change is kind of intriguing to me, but I'm just wondering how they're going to just build that up. It, if it's just going to be a, a quick, oh, this is just from December to January, and then you're just going to fall off the face of the earth for WrestleMania season again, or, or am I going to do something with you? Um, but it's really going to be interesting to see what they're going to do at the Royal Rumble to try to spark what's going to happen in the future, though. Yeah, Carmella had a hell of a December, and Lord knows, I think she surprised a lot of people in that match with Sasha Banks yep. at TLC. Mm-hmm. The thing is, for me, I don't know if she can replicate that if she has a different dance partner. She's Ooh, definitely yep. improved. I'm not going to take that away for her because she's definitely improved. I, I can't say like that that whole match was all Sasha because Carmella definitely did stuff, but I need to see Carmella do that with other people to really buy in. But I'm definitely intrigued to Marcellus's point there. If we're talking about the women and we're talking about 2021 and people to keep an eye on, then the first name that comes to mind for me is Bianca Belair. Uh-huh. She, is, <laughs> she is absolutely the one to watch. She is the one that's ready. And I think we're just starting to see the momentum get going. I'm very curious to see what happens with her in January with the Royal Rumble. And I'm very curious to see where she is slotted come WrestleMania. It doesn't necessarily need to happen quick, but I think the stars are beginning to move. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. I don't know if it's going to happen that fast for her, but if there's some new fresh blood to get in that top mix, I think she's it. So we'll see. And heck, we just mentioned Sasha Banks and we mentioned uh, the Mandalorian. I'm very curious to see uh, how long is Sasha Banks going to be staying in the wrestling world because mm. i think I about that too. we we could very well be seeing the beginning of a another rock type situation and no. just, i think 2021 is going to be a very interesting year for her i don't even I, know how you can even i don't even know how you can say that and completely jump over the tribal chief who is the well, only i can say yeah, both I mean, of them yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't see I don't see Sasha having a big career. It's just the Mandalorian, folks. They got a lot of star power up and down there. And like she didn't get no <laughs> she didn't get no spin-off series of her own. Like and that, that she got the, 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 second, the second appearance just happened. So yeah, we got we gotta see. But I just the big thing I noticed in that second episode, she got a lot more screen time than she did in the first. Sure. So they definitely, they definitely liked what they saw. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm very, I'm very curious to see what her trajectory is outside Amen. of wrestling in 2021. Let's not forget the biggest star in WWE is Becky Lynch, and she's also been in a few movies herself. So, like, is she you know, the biggest star in WWE? Of course she is. Oh. Of course I think she is. Part, I think a little partial right there. It sounds a little partial over there. Of course she is. <laughs> she's somehow still relevant. She's been gone since what? Uh, Mark, I mean, those pregnancy, though, though, that maternity shoot with her and Seth, though, it was like, oh, all right, you're still working out seven days a week. G- good yeah. for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I want to throw in one person outside WWE since we were going kind of heavy on WWE here for a bit. So let me throw in one other person. We'll go to AEW for a second. Yep. I'm really curious to see what happens with Kenny Omega because I think mm-hmm. this is kind of like a make or break thing for him. If there's any hope for him to gain any traction outside of the bubble that already knows him, yep. I think this is it. If it don't happen here, I don't think it's going to happen. Agreed. So 2021, I think is going to be a very pivotal year for him. It's going to be a very pivotal year for AEW too. But for him specifically, now that they put the belt on him, now that they've done this character tweak, if he's going to become known in a bigger way, if he's going to gain ground, if he's going to you know become something more than just the Kenny Omega we've already known for the past few years, I think this is the year, this is the year either it happens or it doesn't. One or the other. So that's someone else I think I want to keep a very close eye on in 2021 to see what kind of growth we see there between him and now that he's AEW champion. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm going to go with somebody that I thought Will Matter went with, but Bianca Belair is a good answer. And, and for me, it's Rhea Ripley because she was poised mm-hmm. to have the biggest year this year. And I think that she suffered major uh-huh. with um, the accessibility of the roster. I think it was where certain people, and, and if I'm not mistaken, she wasn't even always totally available uh, at some point of this year. No, Her visa uh, expired right before did. Mania or something like right. that. Right. So, you know, traveling issues with COVID and so on. But I mean, she's a mega star. We've seen it from last November going in, all the way into uh, the pandemic really hit. And the, the star power is still there. And although she's still doing things and she has an amazing view going on right now, uh, to bring her back up elevated on the main roster to be the star she is, to be next to the Charlotte Flares and, and, and Bailey's of the world uh, is where she belongs is where I think we'll see her very soon. So I think we'll be seeing a lot more of her next year. And I think from the male talent in WWE as well, I think Walter is another one that people kind of forget is sitting on that I roster. Him, yeah. And I think that he's also another victim of circumstances with travel. Uh, right. And the UK is still happening, folks. Uh, and I love the production as well. But Walter is a megastar. I mean, when you speak Pete Dunne, you have to speak Walter. When you talk about British uh, uh, wrestlers who are just, you know, b- bigger than life, shall I say, <laughs> especially Walter, um, who just, you know, put in the right situation uh, can absolutely be megastars. And it's only a matter of time before him. And then outside of... Um, Outside of WWE, where do I go here? I mean, you know, I guess like Kenny Omega is definitely a good one. Another person I'm really, really been having an eye out on, and I'm just wondering when is it going to catch fire? Because the dude got talent. Mm-hmm. It's just what circumstances is going to let others know that. And for me, that name is Ace Austin, who I'm really interested to see what this AEW deal may potentially do for him. Mm-hmm. The dude is super young. I think he's 22. Built like a tree trunk and can fl- can move and fly like the best of them. I think the right platforms, I think he's going to become a household name. And I think that, you know, Impact understands that. That's why you lock him down. But what is it going to take to actually grow his brand? When is he going to transcend outside of just being talent on impact wild. So when is he going to become one when people start saying, you know, names that are, you know, the best in the world in certain divisions and classes, whatever it's going to be, when is his name going to be within one of those? Because he absolutely deserves to be. Um, and I would love to be able to see him um, 
get that that proper attention. And uh, as since I've just been naming all promotions, Ricky starts in AEW. I think everyone understands he's a star. I'm waiting mm-hmm. to see where more and more where that character goes. I remember before he got signed, people were just like, yo, he he's the truth. And then he was on power. And I was like, oh, OK. And then power, obviously, uh, couldn't. Well, I had to go on pause. I would say I couldn't say weather the storm, but had to go on pause, and they were they had they had to lose some talent. And well, <laughs> Ricky starts at AEW, and we're going to see what happens with that. By the way, <laughs> the state of the women's division in uh, almost every other promotion out there. Besides, <laughs> but yeah, that's my thoughts on that. So, um, yeah, those are definitely a couple of names to just. Keep an eye out for. Let's see what happens come next year. God, we haven't right. even mentioned New Japan, but whoops. I, I, I'm going to throw a couple of names out here that no one's mentioned to keep out uh, to keep a watch out for because I took a notice to them recently. Uh, a few of them, and and one of them is rocketing up the ranks, and that's Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, I made this. Jo- yes. I made a joke a couple of days ago about like. Wasn't it two years ago that Raquel was doing this fake Justin Hawk Bradshaw gimmick at the Mae Young Classic? And that, you know, right. With her bull rope and everything. And now her her presence, her entrance, everybody was calling her, you know, Sheezle. But I feel like she has stuck out on her own now because she doesn't need Dakota to be her HBK. So just having her go to war with Rhea Ripley and you could see the way her matches play out, her spots during war games. They want to push her as the, you know, pardon the pun, the next big thing in women's NXT wrestling, especially, well, notwithstanding with, um, what's her name? Uh, oh, my God, she attacked EO. Just, it just escaped me. Tony Storm. Mercedes. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but just seeing Raquel Gonzalez being able to, like, I guess, power bomb uh, or choke bomb EO into a table at War Games. It was like, whoa, she just did that to the women's champion. And you didn't really think about Raquel Gonzalez earlier this year, but over the last maybe, what, four months, five months, it's, oh, I should start paying attention. And now she's getting that slow burn, slow build up to the top. So for me, I am all on the Raquel Gonzalez train. If you're going to make her this dominant freight train, uh, you know, when Nia Jax should have been, Raquel Gonzalez is. And that's that's kind of my, my kind of thought process. Same thing with Rhea Ripley. I can watch them too fight each other all the time, talk trash, and then have a good match. And, and for me, that that is something to keep an eye out for. Over an impact, I don't know if people are going to get why I'm saying is this, this person's name, but Rohit, his slimy, smarmy, keep the title, don't defend it against TJP, heel chicken shit stuff, uh, the Rohit Raju stuff, I love that. It's very old schoolish to me. And on top of that, he can wrestle. You know, like he keep all the, the 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 smarmy tactics out of it. He's got personality and he can wrestle. So I remember when he was Hakeem Zayn on the indies maybe four years ago. And now to see the progression, because I remember watching him at Glory Pro and I said, okay, he's gonna he's gonna do something. I don't know what. And now I get to see him on impact. And impact's just the ball of ball of whack sometimes when it comes to the out of the ring stuff. But it's entertaining, so I'm willing to give Impact a little bit more, a little more more love. But in AEW, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. First off, Alex Reynolds almost died for our sins in the ring uh, that one time. They can <laughs> they can spend that however they want to, but my man damn near died for the cause, literally. Yeah. But watching them interact with Hangman and be these more 
the most personality out of the Dark Order. Did you see their Christmas Carol the other day? That was hilarious. But watching those two work, because if you watch them in Beyond as well, what the Beaver Boys in Beyond as a tag team, you were like, all right, you know, Silver's the big jack dude, but he's got like the Napoleonic complex and Reynolds is just there. But to see their growth from when they joined the Dark Order as enhancement talents, it was similar to when DIY, when they were just signed on to NXT as enhancement talents. And then they started to garner their own uprising within the promotion. And then they became Gargano and Ciampa, as we know them to be today. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to see where, where Reynolds and Silver go. Do they stay in the dark order? Are they going to be comedic? Or are they just are they going to continue to be able to show this personality? I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. And basically, just, you know, I know it was said before, but Bianca Belair, man, we talk about she's the future. Nah, she's the present. Forget the future. She's the present. And and I know a lot of people aren't going to be happy with the Christmas Day episode of SmackDown, how that all turned out. But the fact that she works already with top tier talent in WWE because the women's roster is that top heavy and she's already part of that. Yeah, we're we're not waiting two years. I'd be interested to see where her mania slot is to what Will's point was. Like, where are they going to put her? Is there going to be a high profile match? Or are they just going to have her win the Women's Battle Royal, which I don't think is anything for, for her? Because look what it did for Naomi, nothing. Uh, I want to see where they slot uh, Bianca Belair. So that those are the people I'm keeping my eye on for 2021. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think that we'll do it. I don't know if there's anything else we need to cover for this year. Recap, as always, folks, like I said, uh, we will be on our break January of 2021. Uh, unless there is breaking news and we'll jump in to try to get you all something recorded of our thoughts and reflections of whatever it may be. It's been a crazy year. So who knows what may happen in 2021. Well, Rumble season is going to bring something. I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll actually be back to, uh, we'll be reviewing that because the Rumble's at the end of the month. So that will take yeah. us right into February. So we're good there. Right. Um, but you know, you never know what may happen. New signings, new shifting, uh, New Japan may finally decide that they want to actually do things in the States again. Uh, Russell Kingdom is the beginning of the year. Also, we talked about that on a part one, how they had to, uh, well, they were going to have 20,000 people. Now they're only allowed to have 5,000. Whoops. So yeah. 15,000 uh, 15, tickets that has to be refunded. Um, yeah, it's going to be a crazy time. But anyway, yeah, I think they'll do it. If fellas got any other closing remarks when we get out of here? Good on this, man. Stay safe. Celebrate responsibly. Social distance. Get the damn vaccine when it comes your way. And let's get through this. The light's at the end of the tunnel, hopefully. Well said, Will. I will, I will end with giving thanks to us as a squad. Uh, we, we laughed again at the early beginning of this year of like, how are we going to watch wrestling again? How are we going to go to shows how are we going to keep tabs on everything? You know, you the, beginning of the pandemic at the beginning of this year, we had a lot of hopefuls of things that were yep. going to happen. Right. We, we were like, we got this, you know, Najir and I working hard to kill. We were like, we, you know, 2020 is going to be our year, like everybody said. And then this all happened. So I want to give us a, a, a big debt of, of, of thanks and gratitude for the fact that we, we made it on the other side. Uh, <laughs> I'd like, I think all of us made it out COVID free this thus far. So that that's Ooh, beneficial and a wrong. blessing. And, and I, COVID I, I've all COVID not alive. <laughs> yeah, alive. Yeah, COVID yes. or COVID not, at least alive. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I said it on our 300th episode. We are one of the most intellectually stimulating podcasts that talk about that just happens to talk about wrestling, probably going today. 
And I would never want to associate myself with any of the, and I'll say it, the JDs from New York types. I am grateful for this group. I am grateful we were able to actually give people content that was was pertinent to wrestling, but also made them think. And for that, I'm glad we all got through 2020. So that's Indeed. how I'm going to end that song. Indeed. Oh, and I miss Cameo because that that was our thing. Like, yeah, yeah. It's still alive, just not for WWE. I mean, because like yeah. like TJP said, <laughs> TJP just tweeted. They was like, "Hey, I'm on my way to Florida." It was like, "What for NXT?" He was like, "What to give up my tw- a Twitch and Cameo?" I was like, "Oh, <laughs> he can be funny, can't he?" <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy year, um, but nonetheless, we made out on the other side. So. Hopefully you all have a good holiday. Happy New Year's, everybody. And uh, we'll be hearing, you'll be hearing from us February. And we'll be live each and every Tuesday, 8 p.m. And you can keep up with us on news and et cetera on BigOldBellGroup.com. Thank you for watching. Happy New Year's. Much love to everybody. See you on the other side.